quote this on me. There is no way the Orioles or Red Sox make the playoffs this season. Uh, yeah, I'll, 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 yeah, there's, there's no way. There's no way. For me, I got to build a snowman. I don't think all Mavs fans look into the stats like I do. I'm just I'm mixing names, uh, swapping pitchers' names, and everyone today. So thanks for catching me. I've given up on Drew Locke. I think you trade him. I, I set the bar really low at the NBA predictions. How are we talking about the Thunder any? Uh, MLB preview. I have no idea. That's a perfect name. What you said, name brand players. Like, it's it's not the great value, the target brand, toilet paper, or whatever. It's the Charmin Ultra Strong. I don't know if Nick Nurse is the coach for the Raptors. I don't know if he's the reason why they won the 2019 championship. I feel like that was more of a team effort. Yeah, th- this questions the the firing of Dwayne Casey, who I think is a very underrated coach. He's making the best of the Detroit Pistons situation. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I was uh, surprised that the Clippers gave up Lou Williams. Everything's going wrong for the Lakers at the wrong time. The Mavs cannot say, we do not miss Seth Curry shooting threes. Them losing like 40 players to the Chargers who play online. I, I'm just gonna, and it lands to the Dolphins. I'm just gonna have to throw my hands into the air. I agree 100%. And the reason why I agree is because this is a t- terrible trade for the long term to me the capitals really pushed all their chips for this season so happy belated birthday to madison Bowie. sam bennett someone i really expected to be a better player hello i'm mike grimes and you've been listening to outsiders opinions with kevin and austin What's up, y'all? Welcome back to our March Madness episode. This is our final one. We brought Jake back, our special guest from the first time. Uh, we did a prediction video. And uh, for the record, the official bracket uh, finished 8th out of 10. Uh, the top three players or people uh, with their brackets, um, I believe our winner is Riley. He won. Then Andrew, the reigning champ, finished second. And then Austin finished third. And then ours is 8 out of 10. So we're going to go through our bracket, see where we're, where we went wrong. And uh, we're going to go by the West region. And we'll start with the first game, which is Gonzaga versus, um, Gonzaga versus Georgia State. We had Gonzaga winning, but what were your thoughts on this game? It was very close at half, and then... Gonzaga played like Gonzaga. I don't think any of us were ever questioning this result turning out the way it did. It was, t- it was the one game that Gonzaga really did play like Gonzaga. That's a good point. Um, now I think we can move on to Boise State and Memphis. I believe um, it, we had a 2-1 to one on this one. Memphis we thought would win, but it, we had Bem- Boise State winning, but Memphis actually won, and it wasn't it got close as it was 64 to 53, but Memphis seemed, if I can remember, to jump to a huge lead to start the half. Yeah, the first, well, the first half, well, also, the CBS seems to change their stuff because it said that Amani Bates was out, which changed my opinion on the game. But Amani Bates played and he had a solid nine points, which was almost a difference in the game. And I do think he was partially a catalyst because he was out for a large portion of the season. But Boise State's offense should have been better in the first half, and it wasn't, and that's why Memphis won. Yeah. Well, Memphis had displayed great defense the, the weeks prior, and so I, if they, my thought process was if they show up with that defense, then they'll win the game. And then they did. They showed up with great defense, and then they pulled it out. 
Yeah, so now we can move on to UConn versus North uh, New Mexico State University. U- we had UConn winning, but they actually lost um, as it was um, New Mexico State uh, pulled off the upset 70 to 63. Yeah, this is a game that we got wrong, and it was mainly. It was just like the UAB game where we got that one wrong. Teddy Allen played like I thought uh, he should, and I, he really did impress me because he was making some really tough shots if you watched the game. and They kind of ran away with it at the end after UConn got it really close, and that was really the difference. Jake? Yeah, that's pretty much what Austin said. I, did, I definitely didn't expect this. I was very confident in UConn and Anthony Snow, though, but one of the more disappointing ones in the first round. Now we go to Arkansas versus Vermont, 75-71. to 71. This one was a little bit closer than I thought it was, but Arkansas was able to continue to rebound and do well in this tournament. Uh, what did you all think? Vermont's a great team, and that's why it was close. Arkansas is a, a team that wins a lot of close games. They rarely do blow out teams because of their, they're not the best offensive team, but they're good on defense. But uh, Vermont's a great team. That's why it was so close. This is one of the, the closest games that Arkansas won, I believe. Yeah, it was the closest one of the tournament. And they did give me a scare, but then they, Razorbacks pulled it out, and I'm very happy about that. Very happy. It was a huge sigh of relief. Yeah, it definitely was. Uh, now we go to Bama versus Notre Dame. So... Austin predicted this one right with Notre Dame, um, but we both all had the upset against Bama. It was just Rutgers versus Notre Dame. Um, but Notre for Dame played one, well. Yeah. Yeah, for this one, just... it was more of a not Bama uh, because they just weren't, they just did not seem like a team to win. And so any team that played Bama, we win for the pick. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Now, I thought that Notre Dame was better than Rutgers because of their shooting ability, and Rutgers is better on defense, but Notre Dame could get hot, and that's why eventually they beat Rutgers. But both teams were better than Bama, and I would have chose either team in that game. Now we'll go to Texas Tech versus Montana State. Texas Tech's offense just went off with 97-62. to 62. I believe that was a surprise. We knew their defensive prowess, but offensively um, – they didn't play well, but they played well in that game, which was very surprising for me. Yeah, the size and the speed of uh, Texas Tech was just too much for Montana State. And Montana State's a, a fine team, but Tech's been here before, and they showed like uh, they they played like they did. Yeah, I was big on Tech this year. I like I'm 100 percent certain we're gonna win this. But yeah, Texas Tech very strong in the first round. Now we go to the next game. We go uh, Michigan State University versus Davidson. Davidson just couldn't pull it out. Michigan State uh, won 74-73. to uh, Very close game uh, down to the wire. Yeah, Davidson hit a clutch three at the end to cut it to one, but then time ran out before they could even foul. It, it was a great game, and who, who did we choose on this one? Did we, we choose Davidson? Davidson. Yeah. It was a close matchup in my mind. I gave the edge to Davidson because of their perimeter scoring, but it was a really close game, and uh, like it should have been. This is the one that – one of the few games that really, really had me on the edge of my seat. Um, 
and it actually nervous the whole time. I did not, the entire game was just nerve-wracking because I was like, I have to get this upset today. And I did not. Uh, Michigan State came out and played like Tom Izzo uh, trained them to. So, what a bummer. Now, the final game of the first round in the West, Bra- uh, West region was Duke versus, um, I believe, Colorado State Fullerton. No, Cal, Cal State. State Cal State. Cal State. Yeah, Cal State. Yeah. But uh, Duke won it, and uh, they, of course, had a long run, as we'll review more of their games. But Yeah. I think pa- Paolo and Mark Williams are two of the best interior presidents in college basketball this season, and them being on the same team is unfair. And going against a very small 15 seed like uh, CSU Fullerton, there wasn't much of a chance in my mind of them ending Coach K's run here. Yeah, um, after this year, the second straight – I mean, we'll talk about Kentucky later, but any 15 first two seed, I'm still going to be wary about. But this is this is one of them where I was – I think Duke is so strong. Like you, like Austin said, with the with the Paolo and Mark Williams interior, um, that that's just too much for both teams, as, as we can see later on in the bracket. Yeah, now we'll go to the next part of the um, – the second round in the West, and that's Duke versus Michigan State. Coach K and Tom Izzo met again, and Duke just, I believe, pulled close to the end. Uh, I think it was like the final minute, um, and Duke just overpowered Michigan State. Yeah, that's true. Jeremy Roach turned it on and saved Coach K's career because at the end, if they would have lost, he would have been done, but they moved on, and Michigan State fought valiantly through certain parts of that game, but uh, at the end, they just went dry scoring-wise, and that was what did him in. Yeah, it was a close game for a while, and but you could start to tell by the towards the end of the game that the energy of Duke was just too too up, too upbeat, and too strong for Michigan for the Spartans to handle. Coach K stays alive. Yep. Now we'll go to the next game, and that is. Nor, uh, Notre Dame versus Texas Tech. We predicted this correct. We got the matchups correct. And we picked Texas Tech to win it, and we did. And it they did win. Um, it was 59-53. to 53. Yeah, it was a very close game for a large portion of it. But Texas, uh, Texas Tech has a lot of experience, a lot of great perimeter and interior defense. I just more, I was more confident in the, the ability for Tech to uh, guard the Notre Dame players as Notre Dame struggled when playing elite defenses. Quick question. Is does Notre Dame's team come back this year? Are there seniors that are leaving? Are there uh they they uh one of their guys is a really good freshman and he's going to the draft, but there are some people coming back that I think were mainstays. Possible big possible championship run next year for Notre Dame question mark? Maybe ACC, but I wouldn't say otherwise. But yeah, Texas Tech, uh, Notre Dame showed a lot of strength against uh, one of the better defenses in the country, but um, a very low-scoring game. Uh, but thank goodness Texas Tech pulled that out because I mean, we all were so confident in them this year. I'm glad they got to stay alive for another round. Yeah, now we'll go to Arkansas versus North Mexico State. Um, Arkansas pulled it out 53-48. Um, they continued to win, and we had – we actually had UConn with the upset because um, 
Arkansas did not play well entering the tournament, and they weren't shooting well from three, and that didn't really come to bite them until later on in the tournament. Yeah, uh, and I don't think it really ever did because when we get to the game in the future, I really think it was the defense that let us down. But when Arkansas plays its best defensive basketball, it could be any team in the country, as we saw later on as well. And New Mexico State really could not contend with the size of Jalen Williams on the interior and uh, the versatility of the defense overall. Completely agree with that. We did have UConn going on. Um, why? I don't know because we saw what Arkansas could be when they beat Auburn and uh, the couple weeks stretched after that. But um, Arkansas really did show up to play this tournament. And, uh, a lot of it really helped the program as well. The recruiting and the transfer portal. So uh, the continuing wins for Arkansas in this tournament really seriously to their benefit even if they're lost later yeah that's a good point now we go to gonzaga versus memphis memphis was leading at half uh, but gonzaga rallied in the second half and was able to pull out a win yeah memphis was up 51 41 a half and then drew timmy happened in the second half and he took over same with andrew nimhard both those players really took over and the stout memphis defense faltered uh, I don't really know why that happened, but I think it was partially because of foul trouble that uh, many of the bigs were in, but they just could not handle uh, what they needed to in the second half to get the win. It was that halftime score. It was that moment during that halftime that, that I realized or started to become suspicious that Gonzaga was not going to go much further in the tournament. Um, they were not playing well, and Memphis was, really had the better of them. Just as a better team would pull out a win so they were able to squeeze by with a win in this game by just four four points. Um, thanks to Drew Timmy, yes, but a big scare for the number one overall seed. Well, what a teaser right there is now we're going to talk about Gonzaga losing to Arkansas, and uh, Arkansas' just defense and capitalizing on the turnovers, I believe, was a key part of this game. And Gonzaga just – we. We didn't have them winning the tournament. We actually believe we had Gonzaga making it to the Final Four, but we didn't have them winning it just because of how they don't really play tough teams in their conference, and that's why they have such a high – that's one of the reasons why they have a high record, even though they do have great players like Timmy and Holmgren. Um, but what were your thoughts on this game? I was so impressed. As, uh, as I watched the game, Arkansas really did take steps to – adjust and that we were just points where Gonzaga made some runs and then Arkansas countered and they were very clutch uh, at certain points in the game when they really needed to Arkansas made the shots they needed to and Gonzaga really couldn't uh, Chet Holmgren fouling out really uh, hindered the ability for Gonzaga to score on the inside because now they only had one big man and Arkansas only has one big man anyway so placing uh, Timmy on Williams wasn't too much of a hard ask and while J.D. Note shot terrible from the field, everyone else shot well, and the defense came through. If we look back at this game, Gonzaga could not hit a three to save their lives. I mean, they were absolutely terrible. Just two more threes of the, what, 20, 25 that they shot. If they just made two more, they would have uh, come up very close and could have pulled it out. But they, they couldn't hit anything, and then the turnovers were – 
absolutely abysmal. So give Arkansas credit for making the number one overall team scramble and fight for their lives and end up not being able to pull it out. Yeah, now we'll move on to the final Elite Eight game. In, no, the Sweet no, 16 we missed game. One. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we'll go to Texas Tech versus Duke. We had Davidson upsetting Duke, but that totally messed us up. But we had Texas Tech winning this game, but Duke eventually won, mostly because they had trouble in the first half, but then they shifted to a zone, and that really messed with Arkansas's offense, as Arkansas really just didn't hit well. Uh, what did you all think? Tech completely fell apart in the second half, offensively speaking, and they were already a fluky offensive team at certain points. They could hit their fair share of threes when needed. Kevin O'Banner is a great player, a player who played for Oral Roberts last year, but they didn't really have a knockdown guy, and when everyone goes cold, the entire team can't make a bucket, and going against a vaunted offense like Duke, uh, it's hard to win those games when you can't score. The big difference in this game were the fact that Duke had many more free throws than Texas Tech and also shot over 50% from the field. <laughs> so Duke was just on today. Uh, sorry, Texas Tech, you fought very well, but, I mean, this was the best, probably the best performance Duke had to this point in the tournament. Yeah, it was great seeing them battle the adverse adversity. Now we go to Arkansas versus Duke. Um, I Looking at the stats, Arkansas shot 23s but only made six of them. 30% from the field. And Duke had 18 free throws, 16 of 18, while Arkansas had 11 free throws. But to me, this is when the shooting came into play because we saw it was very close in the beginning, but closer to the end of the first half, Duke started to go off, and then Duke shifted to a zone in the second half, and I think Arkansas shooting led. They couldn't break out of that zone, and then it was tough for them to get to the rim because of the zone. So that's where I think the shooting for Arkansas really hurt them this, in this game. I'll go more to the respect that this is the most points that Arkansas had given up, 78. And I think their defense really let them down. The reason why I, I was very confident looking into this game for Arkansas uh, after they beat Gonzaga is, well, I thought that we were going to lose to Gonzaga because of Chet Holmgren plus Drew Timmy. And so now that we're playing against Duke with Mark Williams plus Paolo, I didn't think that it was too much of a, bigger of a challenge. But – we could uh, Arkansas could not adjust, and I don't really blame it on the shooting. I blame it more on the defense. At one point in the second half, it was 53-48 Duke, and they went on a 10-point run to make it 63-48, and that was game. We just couldn't get a stop when they needed, and normally when we get stops, we turn in transition buckets, so our defense is our offense. Yeah, remember when I said that Duke, Duke's best performance up to that point was the Sweet 16? It became the Elite Eight ap slightly after that. Uh, shooting, if we look at the numbers, 54.7% from the field and getting nine more rebounds than Arkansas was the deciding factor in this game. Rebounds win championships, but also shooting 55% from the field. So uh, big big props to Duke for this for the shooting today. Yeah, now uh, we'll get to the Final Four game after uh, we go through all the regions. So that concludes the West region for now. Now we'll go to the East, and not much to talk about the first game with Baylor and Norfolk. Baylor came out hot, scoring 85 points, and limiting Norfolk to 49 points. It's very hard for 16 to be the one, and this year is no different. Yeah, Baylor just was too much. 
Now we go to UNC Marquette. We had Marquette winning, but UNC just went off scoring 95 points and Marquette only 63 points. Marquette just did not show up and UNC did. Yeah, I I knew this was possible. When I chose Marquette, I knew this was possible. Marquette is one of the most streaky teams. They could beat Villanova one night and then lose to the worst team in the Big East the next night. Uh, if they were going to move far, they need to play their best. And obviously they played their worst and had the – uh, they lost by the most, the biggest margin ever for an eight-nine game. So uh, that's something they can live with. Let's just be clear. I picked UNC. The other two did not. Uh, I was very confident in USC. That starting five was just absolutely phenomenal. Um, I knew they were going to pull this out. No doubt in my opinion. And there you go. Yeah, I did pick Marquette. Um, I thought it would be a much closer game. I just did not expect. I I can't believe UNC blew them out uh, by 32 points. Yeah, I watching. You can go. All right. After the way they performed, I was fairly confident they could pull it out against Baylor too. And at that point, I was like, Oh no! Why did I pick Baylor? I just was so confident in them in the first half. But um, after the, after that performance, the, uh, a long tournament run was very very possible. Yeah, and. The way it turned out, Marquette just didn't show up, which gave UNC a lot of confidence. And then they eventually played against Baylor, who was very, very, very injured. So the confidence just builds on itself, even if it is not the best opponents in the world. Well, we'll, we'll get to the Baylor and UNC game. We just got to get through the first round. We'll go to St. Mary's now against Indiana. Another blowout, 82-53. Uh, to 53. This was my game that I was like, there's no way St. Mary's lose, uh, St. Mary's loses. Uh, they they beat Gonzaga, even though they're not the biggest team in the world. They have great ball movement, and uh, I didn't really see Indiana sticking with them, and obviously that wasn't the case. Usually there's more 12, 15 upsets. That's like a common trend, and so this was one of them. I was just like, oh, there's going to be one. Um, eventually we also had, I also had UAB, but, I mean, it can change so much. I mean, I just – for March Madness, you never know which teams are going to show up. And say, and Indiana just did not show up that day after a really good uh, couple weeks prior. And so, oh, well. But good for St. Mary's for pulling out a almost 30-point win. Yeah, now we can go to UCLA versus Akron. Uh, it was close, 57-53. to 53. What did y'all think? Yeah, Akron played its best game of the century. It Akron really did scare me for a while because I knew our bracket had UCLA winning and if they lost in the first round that was going to look very very bad but this is also where I saw the flaws in UCLA's system for this season they did not have the same intensity on the boards they did not score at the same level as they did last March and while they did pull out the win here the cracks in the armor were already there I wish you guys had noticed the flaws earlier because we would have had a maybe a possibly a better bracket because having UCLA win it all, in my opinion, was absolutely loony. But we did think they were going to win the first round, and they did. They pulled it out. Um, but scoring was not there, barely getting past the 60-point mark. And so uh, very, ner- very nerve-wracking win. Very nerve-wracking win for this one. Well, I wasn't going to bring it up now, but I, since you said – 
I overruled you on UCLA. You wanted to have Arizona winning. Arizona made the, the same distance. Both teams made well, the same yeah, distance. Well, yeah, but UCLA lost to North Carolina. Who Arizona had a lot, a lot more of the tools to win. They they were more of a championship. Yeah, that's why TCU team. almost beat them with their small ball lineup. <laughs> we'll, we'll wait till the final <laughs> talk because we got to get through the first round here. Now we go Texas versus Virginia Tech. Texas eighty-one uh, to seventy-three. Uh, we we had predicted St. Mary's and UCLA to meet in the second round, and we predicted Texas winning this game. Yeah, Vir- Virginia Tech did not go out with the whimpers. They played very well. Texas is just the better team, and while many were like, "Oh, upset again and upset again," last year Texas lost to Abilene Christian. This is a uh, much more veteran group than last year. Teddy, uh, I'm not, uh, Timmy Allen. I always get those two confused, Teddy and Timmy. Uh, Timmy Allen for Texas played well and helped secure a W over the ACC tournament champions. I completely agree with the veteran talent. Texas was not going to lose in the first round again. They were not going to get upset again, um, especially with the two seniors being on the team. Um, I, this was one of the games where I was just like, willpower and determination was going to pull out a win. Now we go to to Purdue and Yale. Purdue won seventy eight to fifty six. Yale was the worst team. I, I in the stat bracket I did, uh, Yale was the worst team statistically speaking. And if Purdue lost this game, I was going to have to completely change the formula I did to get that. So uh, I didn't have to change it. Let's say because Yale played terrible. Yeah, I mean Purdue was just too much of a, too many weapons. Very a lot of depth for Purdue. So yeah, they were they were going to kill us. Now we go to Murray State versus San Francisco, and we also predicted Murray State to beat San Francisco. Uh, the final score was 92-87. to 87. It was a great game. That's probably the – that was probably my favorite game to watch in the first round, just based not based on upsets or whatever, but just how close it was and the big shot after big shot after big shot. That one was really entertaining for me to watch. Completely agree. It was it was very entertaining to watch. Not my most favorite one to watch, but it was very entertaining and it was very close. Um, and it was high scoring and uh, everything you want in a March Madness game. Now we go to Kentucky versus St. Peter's, and St. Peter's pulled off the upset here, eighty-five to seventy-nine. Uh, wild to see uh, fifteen seed beat the two seed, um, but it was great to see how far St. Petersburg would go. The weird thing about this. When we look last year, Oral Roberts, who is so much better offensively speaking than St. Peter's is this year. And it's really weird for a two seed to lose when their best player has 30 points and 16 rebounds in the game and shoots well from the field. That never happens. But somehow, St. Peter's was like, okay, we're going to let Oster Sheepway be insane. We're not going to try to stop him because no one can stop him this season in college basketball. We're still going to stop everyone else, and no one else could beat them. And they played the best offensive game of their lives. Throughout the entire tournament, this was their best offensive game, and they needed it. And I, uh, it was a very entertaining game, and I I would not want to be Oscar Sheeway in that locker room because, again, he had 30 and 16, and his team lost to a 15 seed. I'm at the point where maybe it should become a normal thing to pick a two seed, to pick, pick, pick a 15 seed over a two seed. It's becoming... Somewhat 
Um, normal? <laughs> it's like not surprising if you get a huge upset like this anymore. Um, after the 16th seed, um, after Virginia losing in 2018, and then Oral Roberts over Ohio State, and now this. Um, I'm completely losing my faith in their, either the ranking system or just the best teams in, in, in general. I'm, it's, it's proof that – it's once again proof that anything can happen in March Madness, and that's what makes March Madness so fun. Yeah, it, just one more thing. Normally, if you were to give me that lineup and not put the seeds together, I would have thought it was a 15 seed that had one player just go absolutely off, have the best game of his life, and then still lose to the two seed. But that wasn't the case. Like, I honestly don't know what went wrong. If you told me that Oscar Sheepway had 30 and 16, I'm like, so they won by 20. Because Oscar Sheepway only averages 18 points. Now he averages 15 rebounds, so the 16 rebounds isn't all that surprising. But the 30 points is. And from a good defensive team like St. Peter's, which was their calling card as defense, him putting up 30 on them, um, I, I, th I thought Kentucky would win by 20 if you just told me that stat line. And obviously, St. Peter's took it as we can't stop him, but that's okay. We're just going to stop everyone else because he can't beat us by himself. I'll tell you what went wrong. Ty Ty Washington went 2 for 10 from the field. Kelly yeah. Grady went 1 for 7 from 3. Yeah. Nobody could hit their shots except for Oscar Sheepway. And it's not like St. Peter's was playing amazing defense. They fouled, they had 25 fouls. 25 fouls. And more turnovers than Kentucky. So it was simply like a case of the yips. <laughs> they just couldn't shoot. And it was yeah. an all-time bad performance. But I know we're sticking on this for a while. I, again, I can't imagine a two-seed like Kentucky having the yips – like you mentioned, Jake, it just doesn't make much sense. And Oscar Sheebway carrying his team. The only reason they made it to overtime was Oscar Sheebway. Like, it doesn't even make sense how this 15-seeded team played so well as a unit while Kentucky was one player the whole night. And from a from a veteran like Kellen Grady, it's not ex it was very unexpected to see him shoot one for seven from three. And... The three-point shooting was not there. They hit three threes, I believe, if I'm correct. Four. They hit four threes, and St. Peter's hit nine. And so that was the game changer. It was a big part. Yeah, in my, in my rankings, St. Peter's was the best 15 seed, but I also thought that uh, Kentucky was the second best two seed. So I, I, th I didn't see it as a possibility, and obviously we were all wrong. Yeah, it was definitely wild. Um, and it's just a great thing about March Madness uh, because of the madness, of course. Now, another thing that was maddening was Baylor and UNC went to overtime with Baylor winning, but UNC pulled off the upset as Manic did foul out, and that's what Baylor kind of needed, and that allowed him to get back into the game, and the final score was 93-86. to 86. Baylor was way too hurt. If they had a full, healthy team, I think they win this game. But I disagree. I think North Carolina was just strong, and they were on a hot, hot streak. They were on a roll, so I think they would have beaten anybody in that position. I think Baylor would have been on more of a roll if they were just healthy. They, they have, they still have a lot of experience. A lot of guys from that past finals uh, run. I, I think they, UNC played like the better team the entire game, but I feel like a healthy Baylor team with all the players they got, I think would have made. UNC uh, lose, but UNC won. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm kind of in between y'all 
Um, I do think Baylor being injured, but I don't know if they would definitely affect them, but I'm but not sure. The game went to overtime. If you think there's any more advantage, then Baylor would win the game, right? Because Manic fouled out, and they were beating Baylor by, what, 20 at one point? I think so, yeah. Yeah, but that just shows that that's eventually that's what you doomed uh, UNC the entire time was the fact that they can't hold leads. They couldn't hold leads the entire tournament. Now, they won the games until the championship, but the, they just could never hold leads. Now, you can win a game. That's the prediction I made with Kevin, right? You remember that, right? Before the yeah, national championship. I, I said that they were going to blow a lead. It's just going to who's going to have the lead at the end. I was wrong by who I thought was going to have the lead at the end because UNC had done it all tournament. But they, UNC liked to blow leads. Yeah, but uh, it was definitely a fun game to watch and uh, contributed to the madness. But we can talk more about the final um, after we move on to St. Mary's and UCLA. UCLA was 72. Um, they beat St. Mary's 72 to 56. Yeah, St. Mary's did not play to their best, and they got off to a hot start. But the experience of UCLA really showed here, and they grinded out this performance with uh, against a pretty good opponent. This was the Outsiders' opinion national champion. Of course, they were going to win this game. They had to, without a doubt. Um, and they did. They completely obliterated St. Mary's. But I mean, they're the the national championship in Outsiders' opinion's eyes, so they had to. You like to emphasize that. Oh, yeah, yeah, I do. It's just UCLA is such mo- much more of an absurd pick than Arizona was. So you can't give me, you can't give me crap for picking them. Well, I'm, I'm just saying with the points about all their three brackets, Austin oh, was number defense. one, and then I was number two, and then you were there. Oh, That's easily great. the worst bracket I've ever done, ever. But that was just the year, rough year for me. A lot of things did not go my way. It was a rough year. It's been a rough two years in the official bracket, as we haven't even got close to top five. <laughs> we, we picked Obscure because we went with Illinois last year, and that did not work out. Oh, but yeah, that was rough. Other than that, other than picking Illinois for me last year, my bracket wasn't terrible. But, yeah, pick, uh, Illinois was one of the bigger disappointments of – March Madness in a long time. Well, now we can move on to Texas versus Purdue. Purdue won 81 to 71. We had picked Texas, and that was not the case. Yeah, Purdue won the best offensive team in the country. Uh, and then you have Timmy Allen, the best player for Texas, scored two points. Oh, yeah. Then that's all I need to know for to, t- to tell me is they, were, they lost, and uh, they really did look outmatched the entire night after the first 10 minutes. Yeah, it was just a strong performance uh, by Purdue. I mean, everyone shipped in, but thank goodness for Travion, Travion Williams. I mean, that man is an absolute beast in the paint, and so that's why they won this game. Now we can move on to Murray State versus St. Peter's. St. Peter's continued their run as they beat Murray State 70-60. Yeah, Murray State played very well, but just not good enough. And St. Peter's was playing the best offense they had in the last five years combined. Like, they had never played this good offensively speaking. Like, they are not a good offensive team. But a team can always get hot and with a lot of confidence uh, built by the defense. Defense can get you confidence. It can get you easy buckets. And St. Peter's, a defensive team, can get hot shooting-wise and otherwise because they get stops. And that's obviously what happened here against a good team like Murray State. 
The difference in this game were free throws. The difference in this game were free throws and rebounds. St. Peter's rebounded more than Murray State and shot and hit seven more free throws. They shot St. Peter's shot awfully from the three-point line. Absolutely terribly. And they got a similar amount of turnovers and fouls, so it was evenly matched right until you get to that um, the rebounds and the free throws. And so that's how St. Peter's pulled it out by classic old school basketball. That's a good point. Now we'll move on to UNC and Baylor. No, UNC no. and UCLA. Uh, this one, UCLA led for most of the game, but you and UNC just pulled out near the end, which is something they did in – we saw what they did in the following games, but in the championship they just couldn't hold on to the lead, as Austin has already said. But to me, it was really their resiliency near the end of the game that showed how great they were and how well they played this tournament. I – this was the weirdest – win in my opinion of the entire tournament because i thought ucla was the better team the entire game and then caleb Bub happened at the end and unc won and i was like wait the game's over i thought ucla was the better like playing watching the game i just thought ucla was better throughout the entire uh performance and then manic at a three and then love at a three i love at a three and then ucla was out this was once again one of those Classic old school basketball wins. UNC won from rebounding, simply from rebounding and getting more opportunities. And they didn't shoot as well from the field as UCLA, but one man came in and saved the day for UNC, and that was Caleb Love, who had a tournament performance of a lifetime. So props to him. Um, there, it was a very well disciplined game. There weren't too many turnovers, and so all around good basketball from both teams in this game. Very exciting game. Yeah, and now another exciting game was Purdue versus St. St. Petersburg, and St. Petersburg pulled it out once again, becoming the first 15 seed to make it to the Elite Eight. They won 67-64. I don't know why the head coach of Purdue did not try to actualize the advantage he had with Zach Eady. Zach Eady played like 18 or 20 minutes the entire game and did not have foul trouble. He just didn't play. And for some reason, he is against the mantra of playing Travion and Zach Eady at the same time. But when the tallest player on the other team is 6'8", six, 6'7", six, maybe 6'9", you, you have to use what your advantages are. And I don't know. That's why they lost. If, if they would play with Zach Eady and Travion Williams, they would get almost every single offensive rebound. And they would be very proficient offensively because he couldn't double in the post because the other one's right there in the post. You could pass it to him, and it would just switch everything up. And uh, I just – i it's coaching. Shaheem Holloway was a better coach. That's what they won. First off, St. Petersburg came a long way from Russia to play basketball this year. Um, <laughs> it's St. Peter's, and so this is going to be – Oh, that's my bad. <laughs> <laughs> just thought that was a little funny thing. But for, and for the game itself, uh, Jaden Ivey decided – that he wasn't going to hit his threes this game uh, for some reason. And one more three would have brought it to overtime. Uh, everyone else couldn't hit their threes either. So um, all around terrible shooting from Purdue this game, probably from a great St. Peter's defense. And so props to St. Peter's for being the Cinderella team of the century. Wait, did I only – have I been referring to St. Petersburg the entire time? Just no, just this, this time. Okay, that's weird. 
My bad. Thanks for the catch. <laughs> now we'll go to St. Peter's versus UNC. Uh, maybe they St. Peter's was in Petersburg, Russia, because uh, it was. UNC just took off, and uh, St. Peter's just couldn't catch catch up. This is what should have happened against Kentucky if everyone besides Oscar Sheebway knew how to play basketball that night. But uh, UNC came through, and there wasn't much of a contest off tip-off. I totally agree. I mean, 49 rebounds for for UNC this game. 49. That's an insane number, including Armando Baycutt's 20-point, 20-22 rebound game. I mean, Armando Baycutt is a absolutely phenomenal i he was the difference maker in this game yeah i agree now we can move on to the south region we'll go arizona versus Wright. arizona won 87 to 70 again 16 seeds really did not contend this year there was not much of a question in my mind yeah the national champion arizona wildcats was easily going to pull out this one tonight <laughs> go cats now, any any final thing, or do you want to move on? No, we can move we on. We can move on. We can move okay. on. Cool. All right. Seton Hall versus TCU. TCU won. That's the upset we predicted correctly, and it was 69-42. to 42. Seton Hall scored the least amount of points of any team in the first round. That's all I should have to say. Their offense was absolutely atrocious. TCU showed some strength uh, against some of the other Big 12 teams this, this year. They beat, I believe they beat Kansas one uh, not too long yeah. before the tournament. And so uh, TCU was just – they had that X factor to possibly make a run. Um, so, yeah, pulling this game out was huge for TCU. Yeah. Uh, now we can move on to UAB and Houston. We had UAB with upset, but we were wrong. Houston won 82-68. to 68. This is just experience starting from Houston, a team that made the Final Four last year. Still have a lot of older guys. UAB's not a bad team with Jordan Walker and all, but Houston's experience came through, and they just knew how to win the game. They shut down Jordan Walker, and they won. Uh, and, he, and Jordan Walker still performed like Jordan Walker can. Um, I think it was just level of play. Houston had been playing against very good teams all year and had a phenomenal defense. UAB did not play the same level of competition. And so Houston's phenomenal defense, one of the best defenses I've ever seen in college basketball, really showed up today. Uh, that that game. Uh, props to them for, for being there, despite injuries. Yeah, uh, it was great to see what Houston did. Um, now we'll move on to Illinois versus Chattanooga. Illinois just pulled it off uh, 54 uh, to 53. This is another game, just like the UCLA game. Chattanooga was the better team the entire game. Literally the entire game. Except for, like, the last, like, five seconds. Like, the, they were just the better team. And the fact of the matter is, sometimes, I've said this before, and many people get confused, but I don't think always the best team wins. And I don't think the best team won here. Not that night. That night, I think Chattanooga was the best team on the court, and they lost because for 47 seconds during that game, Illinois had to lose. I agree with Dawson on this one that Illinois did not play like they should. Andre Corbello could not hit a shot. Um, the only person who was con- – the only two people who looked really consistent were Coburn and Plummer. Um, 
other than that, I mean, Hawkins scored a bit too, but other than them, there was virtually no scoring from anybody else in the first half. So very, very lucky with the three that they were playing to be able to pull it out just at the last second. They still won, so I'm sure they're happy with that. Now we'll move on to Colorado State versus Michigan. We had picked Colorado State, but Michigan pulled it out. Um, 75 to 63. Yeah, as days turned into nights right before the uh, tournament began, I truly believed that Michigan was a better team, but obviously I didn't believe that here. Uh, Colorado State's a good team, but just their conference uh, isn't as good as the Big Ten, and despite Michigan's record, they proved to be a formidable opponent. Once again, and I'm going to keep enforcing this idea, Michigan out-rebounded Colorado State by 11 points, by 11 rebounds, and also had 14 more free throws than Colorado State. They were, Michigan was very, very disciplined on the defensive end, did not foul too many, and uh, they were just the better team and showed a lot of strength. So it was props to Michigan in this game. Yeah, now we'll move on to the next game. This is Tennessee versus Longwood. Very controversial one. It's almost <laughs> for no for a little reason. Even though we all had Tennessee winning, it was just by the amount, and Tennessee won eighty-eight to fifty-six. Yeah, Longwood started off well, keeping it close through the first eight or so minutes, and then Tennessee just came and blew the doors open. Uh, Longwood could not compete in. defensively. It's almost as if Tennessee was the hotter team at the time. We'll get to Very Iowa. Don't worry. Don't worry. We'll get to Iowa. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, but Iowa was not a part of that, that little conversation. The conversation was Longwood or Tennessee. And we all yes, picked Longwood Tennessee. Yeah, but you said they would win by like five. I did? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you I said, said Tennessee would win by just a small margin. It ended up being a 30. What was it, 32-point difference? Yes, 32. Um, so, yeah, the Volunteers proved once again that they are uh, better than most uh, small schools. So, yeah, good job, uh, SEC champion Tennessee. Yeah, so we got to that one. That was fun. Uh Great memories. Now we go to Ohio State versus Loyal Chicago. We had Loyal Chicago winning, uh, but they didn't. Uh, Ohio State advanced to the first round, something they didn't do last year, and 54-41 to 41 was the final score. Yeah, this was quite possibly the worst. Actually, Seton Hall scored 42 points, right? So, that yeah, the Loyal Chicago scored the least amount of points in the first round. Uh, Might have been the worst offensive performance I've ever seen in my entire life. Uh, with all the experience they have, Williamson's obviously he went to the Final Four with the team back in uh, 2018, and they just could not put ball in hoop. Uh, their defense is pretty good, but uh, when you can't score, it doesn't really matter. This was the weirdest game of the entire tournament for me. Ohio State made one three out of 15 shots, but Loyola Chicago made more threes than they did two pointers. Uh, it was such a weird game, and it was so low scoring, and I did not think that a, a one-man team, which was 
which I thought Ohio State was was going to pull out a game, but any kind of total win in any March Madness game, um, Ohio State's rebounding was just there. Once again, rebounding wins the game, and free throws, of course. And if Ohio State doesn't make free throws, there's no free throws. Very true. Uh, we'll talk about free throws uh, whenever we get to a lot of the other games, as that w- there were some other big parts in that, especially in the Final Four. Um, but now the final game to close out the round in the South. The first round in the South region is Villanova versus Delaware, 80-60. to Delaware kept it close, again, through 10 minutes, so a lot of small teams can. Normally, it's not a blowout out of the water for most games. Uh, but Villanova is just a better team. They have guys on that team that's won a championship before. They're just a better team. Yep, Villanova good. <laughs> cool. Now we go to Villanova, Ohio State. Villanova 71-61. Villanova good once again. Yeah, uh, Ohio State played valiantly, but again, Villanova is just a better team with more experience that's been there before. They were just a better team. They're just a lot stronger all around, a lot more depth. When EJ Liddell leads your leads leads every major category for your team, it's it's not necessarily like a, a strong thing to have. So yeah, Villanova was a porcelain in this game. It was almost like a rubber. Now we'll go to Tennessee versus Michigan. We had Tennessee winning, but they lost to Michigan, seventy-six to sixty-eight. Michigan was impressive. And uh, despite the fact that after this game, they probably played their worst game all season against Villanova, I really was impressed by what they showed and the resiliency they showed because so many people believe that they did not have the right to be playing in this game in the first place. So uh, they really proved a lot of people wrong. They really did. Uh, very, a lot of props to Michigan for that. But come on, Tennessee. 11% from three. Uh, where, where, did the, where did the heat go? <laughs> Everything just disappeared after one day. And so uh, really disappointing in Tennessee for Tennessee this year. Uh, I can imagine how upset the fans are, how upset the, uh, the team is. Um, and, Hunter Dick- and another thing, Hunter Dickinson is just a beast. 27-11. Yeah. Uh, now we can move on to uh, Illinois versus Houston. Houston pulling off the upset against Illinois. It isn't much of an upset. Uh, five versus four isn't much of an upset. And after the Chattanooga game, I was like, Houston's going to win this game. And, of course, they did. This was an easy pick. This was a very easy pick. Illinois could not stop turning the ball over from that formidable Houston defense. And, I mean, absolutely all-time awful performance from Illinois. Kofi Coburn was the only notable person only only person who scored in, in double digits so bad illinois good uh, good analysis bad bad on uh, illinois and good villanova and then good arizona as they advance to the sweet 16 as they beat tcu 85 to 80 yeah but tcu's lineup was about eight inches shorter at like every position and yeah they almost won the game uh, i was really impressed with tcu i thought they, again they were the better team until overtime where I do think Arizona played better, uh, but I, I was pretty confident Arizona was going to lose their next game, just like I was pretty confident with Gonzaga after the Memphis game, and 
uh, UCLA eventually after their first round matchup against Akron. Just when you see games where the armor is cracked already, and then you go against a hot team, that's just that just matchup just doesn't work. This was one of those moments where Arizona. First off, this was one of maybe the most exciting game of the tournament. Um, what a fun game to watch! Had me on my toes. Everything happened in this game from fouls to turnovers to to dunks to threes uh, to buzzer beaters. It was just such a exciting game. Um, I saw this game, and I saw that the way Arizona pulled it out, pulled it out at the end, and I saw their energy level, and I said, "Oh shoot, this is going to propel them into a championship-winning run," because this is something that happened to UNC in 2017 when they played Arkansas and almost lost to Arkansas um, in the second round, and then they ended up going on a tear for the rest of the tournament. So I was like, "Oh, this this Arizona team shows some resemblance to this." North Carolina team in intensity and in play style. And so um, I was like, oh, shoot, Arizona might actually do this. Was I correct? And um, no, <laughs> obviously. Houston was just so dang good. Uh, and so many, so many props to them. If they have some returning players next season, I might have them in my top four to possibly win it all. Um, Houston, what a great coach they have there. What a great program. Uh, huge props to them for pulling up the, off this upset. Yeah, and then, wow. I, I Just back to TCU right quick. I did not think they have a chance because of the height difference. They don't really have a tall team, and Arizona's big men are very, very quick. Like, they are not slow big men. They do not move like a big man normally moves, and I thought that was going to be their downfall, but TCU turned in a great performance, and this was one of the more, more interesting games in the tournament. I don't know if it was – the best game. I'd have to think about that for a minute, but it's definitely up there. It's definitely up there, but it's not the best or my favorite game. Uh, we'll get to that um, in an hour. Now we'll go to Zona Houston, as Jake had already talked about it. Uh, Houston pulled off the upset and ruined one part of our bracket. Um or finished off the rest of our bracket as we already talked about the other region with UCLA going down. Uh, what were your thoughts on this game? Uh, Houston have great defense, led the entire game by 10 points, basically. That, that, that's my analysis. This was just, yeah, Houston's <laughs> defense stopping Arizona from being able to score. Arizona, they weren't, it wasn't too much of a turnover difference, wasn't too much of a foul difference. Rebounding was very close, and so... They, they each made the same amount of free throws, and so this just came down to Houston getting in Arizona's face and not giving him the shots that they're used to. And so just just simply outplaying Arizona in one aspect of the game gave him a 12-point lead. So good for Houston. Yeah, and this is one of the games that where dominance is really shown. Not, not every dominant game is won by 40, but Houston was up by 10 the entire second half, basically. And every time that Arizona made a run, Houston made a run. And they just denied Arizona from ever getting back in the game and getting confidence. And when you do that, you can really just stifle any opponent. And Houston, yeah, they definitely deserve to move on. Now to the next game, which was Villanova versus Michigan. Villanova pulled it out 63-55. to As I alluded to, uh, Michigan played the worst game probably of the season, especially offensively speaking. 
Uh, they just could not score against the Villanova team. And again, has a lot of experience, but Michigan does too, as they made it to the finals back in 2018 and lost to the Villanova then. So I guess Villanova just has their number. Villanova good. Um, very detailed. Uh, now we go to Villanova and Houston. 50 to 50, 44. Jake, good, bad, mediocre? Villanova lost every single stat besides points. That That's what, that's the stat I'm going to give you. They were worse Thank you. every stat except for points and uh, three-point shooting. No, but I can't remember. I think three-point shooting. But all I know is that Houston shot one of 20 from three and then beat them literally every stat. More rebounds, more assists, more whatever whatever stat you want to throw out there. And uh, Villanova still won. Again, I thought Houston was the better team, but it doesn't really matter when you lose. Well, let's read the stats right here in front of my face. They each had 35 rebounds. Villanova hit 15 of 15 free throws. Um, they had the same amount of turnovers at nine, and Houston had two more fouls. Um, they did have more blocks, and they did have more block, uh, and more steals, but Houston shot one of 20 from three. Yeah. One of 20. D- didn't, didn't Villanova also make one three, though? One of what? Villanova made five threes. Oh, None five. of the teams were good at shooting. Five of 21. They, they shot 24%, which is still not good. <laughs> Wasn't Houston like 21? Houston's percent? No, they shot one of 20. That's 5%. They shot 5% no, I, field, goal, goal. field goal. Field goal percentage. Field goal oh. percentage was 30, 30%. Oh, but that, that's higher than Villanova's. And Villanova's was 29%. Yeah. But, and so free throws, free throws and three-point shooting was the difference maker. Yeah, it honestly, was free throw shooting was the difference. Free throw shooting was the difference. Now, three pointers mattered, but when both teams shoot under twenty five percent, I don't. I, yeah. Gillespie played like crap. Every, everyone well. played bad. Everyone, literally everyone, everyone on the horrible. court. There was this not a, a good. <laughs> this was not a good game. This was a watch. defensive, defensive strong game. I don't even think it was defense as much as it. They were just missing wide open shots. I'm like, that guy's wide open in the corner. Is he gonna hit it? No, he's not. No. I was watching a game with my dad, and he was uh, he was complaining about it, like the the I wasn't watching this game in particular, but other games where guys were missing wide open threes. He's like, if that was an NBA shooter, they're probably not. And I'm like, you're probably right, but this is college, and man, was this the game to just? This is probably his least favorite game to watch all tournament because he complains about the lack of quality through many games in the tournament, and man, was this lack of offensive quality. Villanova still good. Good. Yeah, they're about to be uh, bad. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's go. Um, and a thing to note in this game was Justin Moore getting injured and tearing his tail. Yeah. Hate to see it. So, Injuries happen, though. So, Yeah. Since we're already at the hour mark and we have the whole region left, I'm going to just rifle through the first round, and then we'll talk about each game. Or we'll talk about what games really stuck out to us, and then we'll move on to the second round, if that works with y'all. Sure. Sure. Let's okay. adjust. So, first round, Kansas beat Texas Southern, eighty-three fifty-six. Then we have San Diego State uh, being uh, losing to Creighton, seventy-two to sixty-nine. Then Iowa lost Rich to Richmond, Richmond, Richmond beating them sixty-seven to sixty-three. Then South Dakota State loses to Providence, sixty-six to fifty-seven. Then LSU loses to Iowa State, fifty-nine to fifty-four. Then Colgate loses to Wisconsin, seventy-seven sixty-seven to sixty. Then USC, 66, loses to Miami, 68. Auburn uh, beats Jacks, 
Jacksonville State, 80-61. All right, what games stuck out to y'all? I'll probably say the Creighton game first because we had San Diego State. University. Yeah, San Diego State choked extremely hard, like extremely hard. They could not hit a free throw to save their life. They reminded me of Houston a couple years ago when they just need to hit one of two free throws. He misses both. Michigan gets the ball back. Jordan Poole with the three, and then, uh, and then Michigan wins the game. Uh, San Diego State, you got to make your free throws, man, especially at the end of the game. Uh, they definitely uh, choked. Yeah, rough one. Um, my heart said Creighton. My bracket said otherwise, but my heart said Creighton. So why I had San Diego State, I do not know. Um, partly because you guys kind of had the question. Well, San Diego State, abilities. San Diego State uh, was the best defensive team in the country, statistically speaking, so and the best I player. I blame you guys for that. <laughs> Ryan Nimhard was out for Creighton, their best player. And San Diego State was the best defensive team in the nation. It was a no-brainer for me to pick San Diego State, except for the fact that San Diego State, when they need to make free throws, could not make free throws. I never said it was going to be a blowout. I just said San Diego State, better team, so we'll win. But then San Diego State was like, no, we won't win because we're going to miss the free throws that matter. So So that means they're not the better team. Well, yeah. Sure. But uh, (laughs) let's move on to the hottest team in the country, Iowa, and how they lost to Richmond, who would not not have made a tournament if they didn't win their tournament. This was – you know, it's amazing how the teams can change on the flip of a switch. Um, It was was definitely the most disappointing loss of the entire bracket for me. out of nowhere, out of nowhere, we're just going to not hit our shots. Out of nowhere, we're just, oh, oh yeah, it was, I don't even want to talk about it at, at this point. I mean, thank you, Keegan Murray, for playing your heart out. But everybody else, I mean, they have such depth. It was so weird that they lost. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, spiders. Uh beats Hawkeye. Yep. Go Spiders. That. Lil Dicky's a Richmond fan, so Spiders. Spiders. Austin? Yeah, I, I, I don't know what else to say. Not even I thought Richmond was going to really even be that close because of how good Iowa was, but saying they were the hottest team in the country I thought was a little bit of an interesting statement, but uh, them losing, man, that, that was tough. Another game I thought was both teams the, the Wisconsin Colgate game was just a fraud fest cuz I thought both teams were bad like going into the next game I thought Wisconsin was going to lose or Colgate was going to lose and obviously they did and then Iowa State being LSU LSU just fired their head coach Iowa State has the be- the better player between them two and then they I thought Isaiah Brockington and crew obviously outplayed uh Wisconsin with the better defense and then Auburn they should have beat Jacksonville State because Jacksonville State didn't even win their conference tournament. Like if Auburn lost that game, I was going to question brackets forever. I just want to be clear: we all, we we all thought Auburn was not great this year, correct? Yeah, no. We we didn't have them getting best of second round. I, I had multiple brackets getting Miami to the uh, Elite Eight, right? Like a lot of brackets. Yeah, so it was just Auburn was. It was easy for me not to pick them because after seeing the way they performed for two months prior to March Madness. Uh, yeah, it, they didn't seem like they were going to perform very well. And I think partly it's because Katie Johnson also forced up shots. Uh, but, yeah, tough tough for Auburn, but, you know, boo-hoo. Sorry, Tigers fans. 
Go dogs. <laughs> you just, you just called out like four colleges with tigers. Yeah, Speaking they all of... suck. They all suck. Auburn, LSU, and Missouri all suck at basketball in the You're also for, forgetting Clemson in the ACC. They Clemson didn't make the it. tournament. Yeah, they didn't well, yeah, but still. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, there's also Memphis, so, but Auburn, they lost in the second round as well. So. Uh, Memphis gets a pass because they're actually somewhat decent. They still lost in the second round. Well, they had Auburn. Uh, Auburn Zaga lost next barely year. beat one of the Tigers. <laughs> University of Missouri, who fired their coach, they beat them by one. So I think that was kind of a clear sign. Yeah, they are not going to go far, which they didn't. They lost to Miami in the second round. So oh, we, we should have pulled out that game. Miami was Miami was good. I had plenty of brackets with Auburn losing. Once I saw Auburn lose to Arkansas, I'm like, this team is very beatable. Uh, mm-hmm. Arkansas just outplayed them the entire game. And I was like, what am I watching? And then I, I thought what Arkansas did, I did not think was special. So I thought a team could replicate it. And obviously Miami did, and they won. Florida also did later. And Tennessee. They all beat. They all beat Auburn in the regular season. So. Now on to Iowa State versus Wisconsin. Iowa State won 54-49. Iowa State have good defense. Wisconsin could not score. Yeah, Austin. I originally, in my in my mind, I'm like, really? Austin thinks Iowa State's going to go far? I mean, that, that wouldn't have been my first choice. But I'm like, all right, I won't completely discount them. Um, but I was like, all right, interesting pick. Let's see how it goes. And Austin, you hit the nail on the head. Way, way to go with that pick. With the, you had him going to the Elite Eight, but um, it was a strong pick. So I gave you a lot of props for that. Yeah. Uh, they just eventually faltered to Miami. Isaiah Rockington didn't play as well. But, I mean, anything can happen in a 10-11 game. But I just really like the defensive abilities of Iowa State. And last year they had two wins. So – Going from two wins to a Sweet 16. They had as many games won in the tournament this year as they had games won all of last season. They had two games won all last season, two games won in this tournament. That's pretty impressive. The turnaround was definitely something to behold. Really big for their program. I I expect big things in the next couple years. Yeah. Now we'll go to Richmond versus Providence. Providence won 79-51. It was not close. Providence did what Iowa did. Uh, Providence did what Iowa should have done. Yeah, I, yeah. Providence has the better team than Iowa, though. Uh, I, looking back on it, um, it was more of just a fantasy having Iowa go far. I, I have zero <laughs> faith in the Big Ten. I have zero faith in the Big Ten here on out. Um, it's that's me with the SEC right now. SEC cannot do it unless it's Arkansas. Arkansas has got a lot of promise. Arkansas has the same amount of wins in the tournament over the last two years as S- the rest of the SEC does in the last two years. Arkansas was six in the last two years. The rest of the SEC was six. So, yeah, the SEC is terrible. SEC is not good. Um, so, Providence, if you looked at um, – they played a game. I forgot who they played. It was probably Villanova. And I was watching these teams, and I was like, oh, my goodness, both of these teams are going to win their first round. And both of these teams may even win their second round in March Madness. They, they both were just so sound of a team. And why I ever thought South Dakota State would beat them, 
why I didn't have them going on to the Sweet 16, I'll never know. Um, probably because I got swept up in the Iowa hype. Because I did get swept up in the Iowa hype, and so it was just one of those um, things that wasn't entirely unexpected because Providence was a very sound team throughout the entire year. Yeah, for someone who made 125 brackets, the change of my emotions throughout the days before the tournament started were wildly different. I had a lot at the very beginning of Virginia Tech winning, South Dakota State winning, and a lot of these teams I had right here not moving far. Uh, and then when I got really close to the end, I'm like, oh, Michigan's good. Oh, Providence is actually good. Oh, Texas, yeah, they, they can beat Virginia Tech. And then I got really high on uh, Miami and really high on Iowa State. And then I made blunders, obviously, like Kentucky. I just did not think Kentucky had any chance of losing. How dare you pick Kentucky? I know, right? That's too serious. Yeah, me, me and literally every other person who actually took the bracket seriously. <laughs> well, now we go to 79, uh, Kansas winning 79-72 to 72 against Creighton. Uh, Kansas just pulling it out, even though Creighton, I think, had a lead at half. But Kansas is good at yeah, racing Kansas, deficit. Despite being the national champions, they had a lot of flaws. Like This is one of the worst... I'd say worse slightly. They're a national champion. It does not matter how bad you are if you win it all. It literally does not. I don't going into the best champions of the last ten years it does not matter because all of them are champions. But I would say that this is probably the worst champion in the last ten years. Because they just showed flaws against a Creighton team again, who their second their another one of their best players was literally hurt at a basically halftime. And Creighton came all the way back and made it a seventy three seventy two game and then never could score again. But Kansas showed a lot of flaws throughout the uh tournament through every game every single game even when we got to the national championship they showed a lot of flaws and they just they powered through them and they didn't beat themselves when it came to the end remy martin okay he made some clutch shots remy gotcha. martin. okay uh straight to the point now we'll go to kansas versus providence Prominence came close to the end. Again, showed, I, I thought, cracks in the armor that I saw in Arizona. Cracks in the armor that I saw in Gonzaga. Cracks in the armor that I saw in UCLA. A lot of other teams. But for some reason, Kansas kept winning. They kept on like, oh, this is it. They're going to they're gonna finally lose. Because they're playing so close. They're, the margin of win is razor thin. Even when they're winning by a lot of points. Even when we go to the Miami game, eventually. They were down by six and a half. Like, it was not a perfect game by any stretch of the imagination. They just caught some breaks when needed, and they still won, so it doesn't really matter. Rami Martin. All right. That is not a bit, by the that is not a drop, by the way, just to let y'all know. Um, if y'all thought it was repetitive, or if y'all thought it was a drop, it's not. Uh, More Remy Martin. More Remy Martin. Got it. Now Iowa State and Miami. Iowa State could not score. Uh, Miami played great defense from a team that's not really that good at defense. I think they were the 67th ranked team or 66th ranked team, defensively speaking. But uh, going against top ACC opponents and playing them well, like Duke and UNC and some others in there, uh, I was impressed by this Miami team. They showed a lot of resiliency. And while Iowa State is a great defensive team all tournament to this point, they could not contain uh, the uh, stronger portions of the Miami lineup. 
Got to be able to score, too. Iowa State cannot hit their threes. That's mm -hmm. simple. Oh, shoot. I was at the wrong. I was thinking of the wrong game. I thought we were at Kansas versus East Miami. We're no, not we're not. Yeah. Now we yeah, are. My bad. Okay. Well, there's a transition. Yeah. Uh, Miami played the best first half of their entire season and it preceded that by the worst half of their entire season. So if Miami just plays half as good as they did in the first half, they probably win that game by a point or two because they honestly played outstanding. And then Kansas decided to score and then 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 ended up beating them by 26 or something like that. It was crazy how the tables turned. Was, what was that name that I – who was that? It was Martin? Ochai Abaji. Oh, I thought it was going to be Remy <laughs> Martin. No, I yeah. love that kid. Ochai Abaji is such a great player, and I have so I had so much fun watching him play this entire season. Uh, the heart, uh, the, the willpower, and just the overall skill, and uh, he's such a great basketball player to watch, and what a thrill. Uh, I'm so happy for the kid for the way he performed. Same with David McCormick. Uh, just a great one-two punch there. Um, very impressed with this Kansas team for being able to really stick it to Miami and just will themselves to a victory in this very tough game. Yeah, I definitely agree. There are some very talented players on Kansas, and it'll be interesting to see when they get to the NBA and see how well they play there. Uh, I think now we can get to the Final Four. Kansas versus Nova. Kansas just went off. Nova just missed Justin Moore. Um, and Kansas, to me, just they they seem to click at the right moments, and their offense just started to go off. And that's why I think propelled them to win this game um, because they scored 81 points, and they held Nova to 61. Yeah. Uh, Nova got pretty close. Uh, at one point, they were down by six with like eight minutes left. But they really could never keep it going. They're they're normally a deeper team than normal, but losing their second best player and Justin Moore just hurt them too much for them to overcome. They were plagued by a, a very serious injury, but Ojai Abaji, six of seven from three, twenty-one he was points. Very impressive. David very McCormick, twenty-five points. Very, well, Kansas good. Kansas good. Is that the game? This is the game McCormick had like six threes to start out, right? Six threes. You mean Abaji? Abaji. Yeah, there's no, Abaji, no, I'm about okay. to say, there's no way McCormick hit six threes to start the game. Okay. There's no way. I, I must have misheard that broadcast, but. Yeah, Abaji, <laughs> Abaji, just like he did in the championship game, came out with an immediate three from, from the uh, top left wing, top right wing. Um, and so he, yeah, he, he turned it on big time, and Villanova could just not catch up. Yeah, and like Villanova started off hot in the second half, and they barely got close to the score. Like they, even I think their closest was a six point, a six point deficit in the second half. Yes, that's true. Because Kansas just kept hitting shots. But now onto my favorite game, and uh, this is where the free throws really stuck out to me because Duke had so many chances, and they just missed on them. And it was UNC versus Duke. It was just such a fantastic game. 
as soon as I thought one team was going to pull away, the other team went on a run, and it was still close. Yeah. My favorite game. UNC was up by a point. Mark Williams went to the free throw line. He missed both free throws. Caleb Love hit a three. That was game. Mark Williams hits both of those free throws, or even one. It's a one-possession uh, game, and Duke's looking good. I love Mark Williams. I would say the second-best defensive center in college basketball behind Walker Kessler is Auburn. However, despite the fact that he shoots 74% from the line, he missed both here, and that was really uh, the nail in the coffin. This, yes, is very likely the best game of March Madness. I have that right right ahead of Arizona TCU in terms of the stuff that happened. Everything happened in this game. It was exciting. The drama, the storylines, this was what March Madness is about. This is March Madness. This is an, another, another name, Caleb Love. Simply put, Caleb Love, what a clutch performance by Caleb Love to pull out some phenomenal layups, getting around defenders and the threes. Um, and Armando Baycott pushing through an injury. Um, this was once again a battle of willpower. And um, let's just give a props to Coach K for a phenomenal career. Uh, yeah. A lot of clapping right now. If you can't hear a lot of clapping for Coach K. Yeah, Duke yeah. has uh, never won a national championship without uh, Mike Krzyzewski as head coach. Uh, he is Duke. Uh, unlike most of the other uh, organiz- uh, well, uh, the programs that are good, most of the other programs that are good haven't had only one coach win all the national titles. And that's true with a team like Kansas. They have four wins, and Bill Supple only has two of them now. But uh, it's going to be hard for Duke and everyone else to adjust to Coach K leaving. But uh, – at least he went out with – he didn't go out with a whimper. He made it to the Final Four again, 13th, a record 13th time. And I was thoroughly impressed. Caleb Love, good. And then Caleb Love literally threw the season away the next game, shooting like four for 18. But. And then one more thing about Duke. Austin, what's the final record now between Duke and UNC? It's 50-50. So. Between, uh, during Coach K's era, Duke during won 50 K's, games, yeah. UNC won 50 games. But – Duke does hold more points by like 15 over 100 games. I think Duke wins by like 15 or 14 or 17, somewhere around there. Well, yeah, but still 50 50. That's the final record. UNC getting the final two wins whenever they face Duke. First time in the history that Duke faced UNC in the tournament, which is crazy. Um, and then UNC gave, uh, gives Coach K his final loss of his career, and he gave him the first loss of his career. Um, so that's a little. Uh, nice parallel there. But now I think we can get to the final. I thought it was going to be a blowout by Kansas, and then I was shocked when UNC was up by 16 at one point. Uh, I thought I didn't expect UNC to play well because of Baycott's injury. Um, and I just thought Kansas was the better team. They were just going to come out on fire. And they did at the end, but it was still a close game, and it was just good to have a close game. And I grimaced at the score because i had said 61 68 and it turned out to be 72 69 but what are your all thoughts oh you you just said 61 so yeah okay yeah 71 68 yeah making sure you're credible when you say that yeah because i would say that is not close but uh (laughs) (laughs) i the the flaws were there the achilles heel for unc giving up leads not being able to uh 
hold a big lead for a while showed. Uh, and even though UNC had the biggest margin of victory over the tournament before this game, they blew leads. And it happened many times in the Duke game where they were up by a good bit and blew it. They obviously blew the game against Baylor. They're a great team. They have a lot of great players. But uh, I do think Caleb Love kind of shot them out of the game, shooting, what was it, 5 of 18, 5 of 17, 4 of 16, somewhere around there. 5 of 24. Oh, my bad. I gave him way too much credit. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. even worse than I thought it was. Uh, he literally shot them out of the game. You can't attempt 20. I, I don't know how the mentality works because when I'm playing pickup basketball, right, I'm not that bad. I, 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 I would never take 24 shots. I don't care if I'm Curry. I'm not taking 24 shots if I am only making five of them. Like, at what, at what point do I just say, hey, teammate, please help me? It's This was a simple choke job by UNC. They had all the recipes for success. They were up by 15 at the half. They out-rebounded Kansas 55 to 35. They had all of the opportunities. They just couldn't hit threes. Caleb Love went 1 of 8 from 3. RJ Davis went 0 of 0 of 5. One more three. Ties the game. Armando Baycott went 3 of 13 from the field. That's not great. Nine of his 15 points were from the, from the line. And so it was just a simple – there were some wide-open threes that R.J. Davis and Caleb Love just, just completely bricked. And so this was just a simple choke job by UNC. But uh, the wind also doesn't – the game also doesn't happen if um, Kansas doesn't step up. Remy Martin stepped up. Jalen Wilson stepped up. McCormick, Abaji, and Braun all stepped up to uh, get double-digit scoring and ended up pulling it out at the last second because UNC led in, in every major category. They fouled less. They had more blocks. Um, they had more rebounds and 10 more free throws. And so this was just a simple choke job by UNC. and Very disappointing for the team in general. But considering this is Hubert Davis's first season as a head coach after Roy Williams leaves, this is absolutely amazing for the program, despite a lot, because recruiting will be there, um, uh, hype will be there, and so big for UNC. That's true. Uh, it's going to be very hard for them to make it next year, though, as teams rarely ever make it to back-to-back -back championships. I'm not even saying winning, just making back-to-back. -back. And I, you have to hit your open shots. You have to take what the defense gives you, and you have to punish it. But it just so happens that in much more college games and NBA games, teams miss their open shots, and that's why they lose. And that's really the difference in a game like this, where there were so many open shots, free throw attempts, that you just have to you have to hit those if you want to win a game. And people make so much fuss about the the step back three that ties the game at the end of the game i'm not saying here i'm just saying in general the crazy shot but if the guy just made the wide open corner shot there wouldn't be so much theatrics there's no need for it but uh kansas proved to be the better team in the second half and uh, they took advantage of unc's incapability of scoring when it uh, mattered the most yeah i think that's a good point um and that concludes our discussion about this year Thank you, Jake, for joining us. And uh, before we sign off, I would like to do 
um, our predictions for the final. Jake, you'll go last as you'll have the final uh, thought. Um, uh, that's as you are our guest. Um, but thanks again for having for joining us. And I'm gonna go with mine first. I think I'm gonna say Arkansas um, versus. Uh, trying to think. Let me go with uh, Auburn. That'll be my guess. Arkansas Auburn final after Jabari after the SEC has stunk it up you're going with a double SEC I'm going to change that wildly I'm going to go Texas Tech Gonzaga I this is tough because I don't know enough about um, the teams teams at all but among the teams that I would throw in there are Arkansas I do have a lot of uh, well they're losing Jalen Williams correct uh he no not necessarily while he applied for the draft he did not sign an agent which means that he can revert back he's just going to test the waters right now he's predicted to be a very late second round pick and in my opinion not even just as a fan of Arkansas, just in general, he should return like Max Aismas did last year. If you're going to be a second-round pick, you are not a guaranteed your contract, but a first-round pick is. You're guaranteed those four years. Like, if they cut you, you're uh, – Note is a senior, but he could come back because he was uh, – he hasn't – he was only a four-year senior, which means that he can get the year back from the COVID year. So he could come back, I think, but I don't know for sure. But they also had the second best recruiting class in the nation. Arkansas did. I think that Arkansas is going to make the Final Four. But I, I don't. I think they. I think Gonzaga see, uh, gets revenge next year and makes it to the championship. Although I would have Tech winning the championship. I do think. I would have. I'm gonna have Houston winning it all. Over. Over who? Over. I don't know. I don't know. I'm very confident in Houston though. Uh, probably either Arkansas or. Maybe a Villanova return. Um, it could be. I would see a an, an ACC team. Maybe one of the like if an ACC team gets hot. I don't know. Maybe Virginia gets crazy. Who knows? I don't know how the recruiting is, but um, I do see Arkansas going far. But I might just go ahead and have Houston winning it all next year. Okay. Did you say who? Or no? I don't know who. who. Well, just, just say a team that you have. I high. said Auburn. Auburn's not going to make it. Probably. Auburn is absolute dog water. I'm not going to ever have them going no, anywhere near I, a championship. No, I was talking about me. Just say a What's team. Your, you're saying that as a Georgia fan. <laughs> no, I'm saying that because Auburn is absolute dog water at basketball. So is Georgia. <laughs> I'm not saying Georgia's good. I'm saying Auburn is not going to get close to a championship next year, especially after losing Kessler and Jabari Smith. That's true. Uh, J.D. Note is gone. He signed an agent and declared. If you sign an agent and declare, you can't come back to college. But if you don't sign an agent and declare, you can come back. It's the signing the agent part that is the damning that's, factor. It's a weird thing just because he signed an agent. Yeah, but that that's it. So Note's gone. He can't come back. But Williams can because he did not sign an agent. I, I think, think he Williams does return because he's only a sophomore He's only had one year under his belt as a primary player because his year before he played, but sparingly. But uh, I think I have Houston, really... UCLA. Houston pulls it out. Okay. Okay. Cool. 
UCLA pulls out. Now you believe in UCLA? No, no Houston beats oh, UCLA. Houston. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I, I have Texas Tech, Gonzaga. I have Tech. Can I make a change? Or no. no. <laughs> yes, you can make a change. You can make a change. I was going to go Gonzaga. Gonzaga, who? Uh, I think I'm going to have Arkansas winning it. Wow. I think Williams comes back because I think if he develops his three, he'll... It's the best decision for him. To, yeah. I would not try to risk it for a second rounder when I'm, I'm only a sophomore. I would come back and, and then yeah. have a great season, and then I'm a first-round pick. Yeah, the reason I why he's like not he, a high prospect right now is because he's only done it once, and it could be a fluke season. And he didn't shoot the three well, like you said. So if he could shoot the three ball, uh, three ball well and win a national championship and get more points, rebounds, all, et cetera, he'll be a top 10 pick easy. That's the thing. If he, fix, if he gets to like a good three-point percentage, then like that's the main thing. Like A lot of teams will leave him open for three, but if he can eliminate that, he'll be a great player, and he'll get drafted in the first round for sure. Um, but that concludes it. Uh, yeah, I remember. I remember. Sorry to interrupt. I remember you saying before, let's not make this an hour and thirty minutes, and we made it an hour and thirty minutes. So. Well, yeah. Well, I think it may be a Houston, UCLA, Arkansas, possibly Tennessee Final Four next year. I'll say Arkansas makes it to the Final Four, loses to Gonzaga, and then I will say Kentucky rebounds because Oscar Sheway comes back, and then uh, loses. To uh, tech. So now I'm doing my final four. Um, <laughs> sure. I guess I got Texas. I think Texas is gonna surprise. And play against who? Sure. Arkansas. That would be crazy. I don't. I'm not. I would have to attend. That. I don't think regions. you understand. I would. That game would be a must attended. I would have to attend. It that would game. be. Um, and then I gotta have a fourth team. Can I have Texas Tech? In there, sure. Yeah. You just said I'm not sure how the regions work. The regions are based on their seed overall in the tournament, so it has nothing okay. to do with where they are. Okay, gotcha. Okay, cool. Then, yeah, I'm gonna stick by that. Gonzaga, in I'm not sure, whatever. Gonzaga, Texas Tech, Texas, and Arkansas. Got it. Okay, okay. Now we're done. Cool. Yeah, now we're done. Uh, thanks again, Jake, for joining us, and uh, thank you to all our listeners. <laughs>